Good morning, one and all. Welcome to God's house. Today, I just a few short announcements today. I would like to remind you to use the yellow connect sheet. It, it helps both our, our secretary and us keep track of who's at, at church and who needs to be called because they're not here or whatever. Okay, and I want to thank all of the folks that worked on Friday to make this church Christmas. It really looks nice, and I appreciate it. Thank you. There'll be one service for the rest of the month and two services on Christmas Eve, 4 o'clock and 7, 7 o'clock. Make sure I, you've been reminded 100 times. You'll remind it again probably in the next couple of days. Okay. The other thing I want you to do is read Pastor Ingold's note. In the, it's in the back of the bulletin. Not during my sermon, but at least take it home to those that are shut in, those that aren't here today that you know of, and let them read it. It is a nice little note that he sent uh, welcoming us as a congregation and pastor. Okay? That being said, let us prepare our hearts and minds for service. baptismal font, where we started our service. Blessed be Trinity, one God, who alone does wonders, who lifts up the lowly, and fills the hungry with good things. Amen. As we reflect upon the fountain of our faith in our lives, we gather together around the candle of peace, the second candle of Advent. The home we long for is a home that knows peace. Peace that rests between us and our grief. Peace around our anxiety. The peace between us and our self-criticism. Peace amidst our relationships. Peace at the core of our being. The world we long for is a home that knows peace. So today we light the candle of peace as a reminder and as a prayer. Thank you. 
family of faith, no matter how old we get, God continues to say to us, you are loved, you are forgiven. That is the foundation of our lives. That is the truth upon which we build our home. So breathe deeply. There is grace and peace here. Join us in proclaiming this good news. be seated. of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In, in peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the reign of God and for the peace throughout the world for the unity of all. Let us pray to the Lord. For your people here who have come to give you praise for the strength to live your word in your word let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, and defend us, O God.
Let us pray together. Stir up our hearts, Lord God, to prepare the way for your own By his coming, nurture our growth as people of repentance and peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now The first reading this morning is from Isaiah. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and the branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with the righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be full of knowledge of the Lord. And the waters, as the waters cover the sea, on that day the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to the Lord. A reading from the Psalms, which we'll do together. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the king's son, that he may rule your people righteously and the poor with justice, that the mountains may bring prosperity to the peoples and the hills in righteousness. Let him defend <clears throat> people, rescue the poor, and crush the oppressor. May he live as long as the sun and moon endure, from one generation to another. Let him come down like rain upon the mown field, like showers that water the earth. In his time may the righteous flourish, and let there be an abundance of peace till the moon shall be no more. Blessed are you, Lord God, the God of Israel. You alone do wondrous deeds. And blessed be your glorious name forever, and may all the earth be filled with your glory. Amen. The second reading is from Romans. Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, so that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the circumcised on behalf of the truth of God in order that he might confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. And it is written, Therefore I will confess you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. And again he says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let the peoples praise him. 
And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse shall come, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles. In him, the Gentiles shall hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. gospel according to Matthew the third verse in those days John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judah proclaiming repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near this is one whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing of camel hair with a leather belt around his waist and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him and all the regions along the Jordan. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to rise up children of Abraham. Now, even now, the axe is laying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear the threshing fold and will gather his wheat into the granary and put the chafe he will burn with unquenching fire. Then Jesus came to Galilee, to John, to the Jordan, to be baptized by him. John, who would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so. Now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, came, as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise you, Lord. 
the voice from one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Most, if not all, the leftover turkeys have been eaten. Black Friday sales are mostly over. The decorations are up all over town and in the mall. We are stuffed, either glad their relatives have left, or we are saddened because they couldn't stay longer, or maybe a little bit of both. These are the telltale signs that Christmas is right around the corner. Today, we enter the second week of Advent. Tis a season of promise, a season of preparation to receive the promise of God in the world. In an old Peanuts cartoon script, good old Charlie Brown says to Lioness, life is just too much for me. I have been confused from the day I was born. I think the whole trouble is that we were not brought into this world too fast, and we really are not prepared. Linus asked him, what do you want? A chance to warm up first? The Advent season is supposed to be our chance to warm up. John the Baptist was the first one to celebrate Advent. He prepared the way. It is a time for us to prepare our hearts and our minds and our homes for the birth of the Christ child. Sure, it's a time when we put away, put up all the decorations in their proper place, get all the presents bought and wrapped, made sure that Christmas cards were sent out and received, and all the things that we do to get ready for Christmas Day. But it's a little more than that. It's about preparing ourselves and our families spiritually. We, should, we see, if we aren't careful, the time of preparation will be over. The big day will be here, and suddenly it will be just another day. We will finish opening all the presents. The room will be strewn with scraps of wrapping paper and ribbon, the turkey or the ham, We'll have put up a valiant fight, but nothing will be left but leftovers. We are parked in front of the TV watching a football game or maybe a Christmas movie. Then all of a sudden, that empty feeling will hit us. That feeling of what's the use? That Charlie Brown feeling of something is missing as we are thrown into Christmas too fast. That's when we realize we needed more time to warm up. Into the midst of all this preparation, all this joyous Christmas carols, the lights, the parties, and all the celebrations of Christmas comes this voice, a strident voice that seems to show up every year like some unwanted uncle, John the Baptist, in the midst of our preparation, comes. You know the story. We read it in Matthews. Heaven, <coughs> in today's gospel, John appears in the wilderness proclaiming, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. I baptize you with water for repentance but the one who is coming is more powerful than I and not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. In the world, <coughs> in the world is that about smack dab in the middle of silent night, away in the manger, weird Uncle John in his thrift shored rejects stands up and starts hollowing about repentance. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make his path straight. And John comes during the time of Advent and appears in the wilderness to call people to prepare 
His purpose was to announce the coming of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, because they had forgotten. In 34, 30 short years, they forgot the promise, and that was John's purpose. That's why we hear him in Advent every single year, John the Baptist. John comes each year in the midst of our celebration because we also have mostly forgotten the promise. Through the words of John and other prophets, we are reminded that Jesus didn't just come suddenly and appear. God just didn't decide to drop in on his children as a surprise visit. God felt the alienation which had built between him and his children, and he agonized over it. Jesus was long planned answer to the end of that alienation and to bring about reconciliation. John and the prophet simply call us to remember and once again to prepare our hearts for the birth of Christ. The signs are all around us, and we know how to read the signs of Christmas, don't we? Sort of like the Krispy Kreme hot donuts sign. We know when the donuts are hot and fresh. There's no doubt that it's the same with Christmas. You have to be almost dead not to know that Christmas is coming. We know the signs of Christmas since pretty close to Halloween. The TV commercials have focused more and more on Christmas. And now that Thanksgiving is over, they have really started ratcheting up. The problem is we get so bombarded with Christmas songs and holiday cheer and all the commercials that it almost works like a vaccination against the season. As we prepare, it's time to rummage through the boxes of the attic of our minds and in our spirits to dig out the things labeled Christmas memories. It's time to dig out and open the drawstring sacks of hope and promises and carefully play out, pour out their contents. Then with equal care so that none of the fragile memories are broken or destroyed, we read, we scan, we presume, we remember and shift through all those old memories and old feelings so that we can open both new ones and remember the old ones, vistas of God's love and God's grace. We open and rummage through all these old feelings and memories so that we can recall and be called back to our faith and our relationship with God. And we have to rummage through. We have to dig out the trunks and sacks and boxes so that we can say we will never forget and never put away, but we did. We put them up in a certain place so that we won't forget, but you know what happens every time. The operational word is forget. So as we come to worship, we come to programs at the church and our families, we watch old movies like It's a Wonderful Life, Christmas Carol, National Lampoon's Family Christmas, Vacation, A Christmas Story with Ralphie and the BB gun. <coughs> we even watch some old TV specials, trying to recapture that elusive feelings. We come to belong. We come to Advent season, hoping that God will once again meet us face to face while we are bent over the manger making goo-goo eyes at the baby. It's the Son of God, the King of Kings, our Savior. We come to worship and all the activities knowing that we need to be prepared. John's words have echoed in our ears and in our thoughts all year long. And so we seek to prepare. All creation groans in expectation of what is about to come fold 
and what has yet to come. And we don't want to miss the promise, the promise of Christmas, which God made really very simple and yet as complicated as of all creation. Because at a certain moment in time, God took off the remnants of heaven and put on the rags of flesh and bones and came to life to dwell among us. He came to us as a hopeless, innocent, vulnerable baby. And yet that child led and embodied the promise of the ages, the promise of salvation, reconciliation, and somehow we need exactly that. As much as we deny, as much as we try to avoid it over the years, there's an innate part of us which realizes we can't do it on our own. That's why it's so important for us to prepare so that we can once again hear and assimilate the promise and the hopes to come with that promise. At my parents' house on Christmas Day, a small manger scene was set in a table just inside the doorway of a nearby, of a neatly kept home. People hurried past all day, barely noticing the tiny figures gathered around the infant tucked into the golden straw. In the morning, the children ran by on their way to the Christmas tree. At noon, arriving guests pushed past it. One accidentally knocked over a shepherd as he took off his winter coat. Later in the afternoon, the well-fed assembly of adults and children moved somewhat slowly into, back into the living room. But once more, none of them stopped to look at the manger. In fact, none of them. An older woman, my grandmother, walking with a cane, paused in front of the scene Gently, she put the shepherd back in the upright position. Then she looked at the child in the middle of all those figures. Presently, she became aware of a small grandson by her side. As voices drift in from the living room, the two continued to look deeply into the scene. At, at length, the smile spread across Grandma's face. The child took her hand. In the midst of the day filled with busyness, the two of them gently received God's gift. That's how Christmas enters our lives. Not in great leaps, but in small moments. We can miss it if we are not prepared. In Mark, Jesus calls us to beware. Keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. In other words, Jesus calls us to be ready, to be prepared so that we don't miss the gracious good news and the promise of the season of Advent and Christmas. It pays to look out and to see what's going on around you. Don't miss Christmas. The Christmas countdown has already begun. Don't miss the great gift that is about to be delivered by God. Don't miss the promise of the season. Prepare your hearts and your home this season. Spend time in prayer and devotion. Read the passages from Matthew and Luke dealing with the birth of the Christ child. Worship with us every Sunday until Christmas and thereafter. Prepare yourself for the birth of Christ so you don't miss it. Rediscover the promise of Christmas. Amen. Thank you.
Will you join me in standing as we confess our faith? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As we prepare for the fullness of Christ's presence, let us pray for a world that yearns for new hope. God, you renew the church in every age. We give thanks for hymn writers and theologians, especially John of Damascus, whom we commemorate today. Inspire teachers, writers, and musicians to delight and instruct your people. God, in your mercy, Give us a vision of creation and harmony where hurting and destruction will be no more. Teach us to be stewards of the earth and companions to all its creatures. Restore to balance and wholeness what God, what human greed has harmed. God, in your mercy, you defend the cause of all people who are poor and oppressed. Raise up leaders who will govern with equity and serve the common good. Guide judges, lawmakers, and public officials to protect the rights of those who cannot advocate for themselves. God, in your mercy, you deliver those in need from suffering and fear. Come to the aid of any who are exploited or abused, especially children, elders, and victims of human trafficking. Provide safety and help to our neighbors without shelter, refugees, and those fleeing violence. God, in your mercy. We urge your people to welcome one another as you have welcomed us. Nurture ministries of hospitality and care in these and every congregation. We pray for people who are homeless, hospitalized, or separated from loved ones, especially Susan Bayman, Gay Green, Alberta Holden, Paul Letts, Mary Lou Schofield, Lisa Strong, Ron Wagner, Leo Schuchler, Kathy Lear, John Daly, Nancy McKean, Nancy Thompson, Allie Brailsford, Carolyn Pisakis, Peggy Stanick, Sue Dixon. God, in your mercy, you embrace all who have died trusting in your promises, and we give thanks for their faithful witness. Sustain us in hope until we are reunited with them in the joy of your eternal presence. God, in your mercy, God of our longing, you know our deepest needs. By your spirit, gather our prayers and join them with the prayers of all your children. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Let us share that peace with one another. Peace be with you. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. You are indeed holy. God, mighty God, gracious Father, 
You have filled all creations with light and love. Heaven and earth are filled with your glory. Through the prophets, you renewed your promise. And at this end, all ages, you sent your son, who in words and deed proclaimed your kingdom and was obedient to your will, even to death. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord took bread, broke it, and gave it to all to eat, saying, this is my body, given for you. And again, after supper, he took the cup, and after blessing it, gave it to all to drink, saying, this cup is my blood, new covenant given to all for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. As often as we drink of this blood, this drink of this blood, and eat of this bread, we proclaim the death and until he comes again. Proclaim the mysteries of faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Please come, for the table is ready.
Please stand. Now may the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Amen. Faithful God, in this meal you have remembered your mercy, bringing heaven to earth in the body and the blood of Christ. As we wait for the day when all your promises will be fulfilled, sustain us and strengthen us by this holy mystery. Guide us toward your promised future, coming to birth in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. In the darkness we were waiting without hope, without light, till from heaven you came running, there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophet to a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the tomb.